And I'm so glad you are with me today, precious family. I pray the Lord today is going to really use this to strengthen you and bless you. And today I have Bruce with me. Bruce Hughes has been, my goodness gracious, we've known each other since the 70s. And he's sitting here playing this beautiful instrument you're hearing. And we are going to talk about the importance of reading the Bible. I just heard something yesterday that only two out of ten Christians, in the right we just heard, two out of ten Christians read the Bible regularly. Now this is like a shock to me. And this is in the United States. So my purpose in talking to you today is because I really want to talk to those of you that maybe are not reading it regularly. I pray you, you are, but just in case. That, that God will build within you a new fire for his word. And I just believe the Lord will do some wonderful things today in all of our lives. And dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. And Lord, I pray you'll place within each one of us a divine, heavenly hunger, always, always for your word. And Lord, I pray that you will establish us in your word and your word in us, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. All right. Thank you, Bruce. I know a lot of you read the word. And I'm praying God will use you to talk to those who are not. But let me just give you some information you can give. And I want to give that information to those of you today that may not really know much about the Bible. Well, the Bible is, is a library of books. So you, you don't look at the Bible as one book. You look at the Bible as 66 books, a library of 66 books. And it's, it's a divine library. And really, it's the only authority we have as believers. And it's the only revelation of God we have. So when we talk about the Word of God, now listen, I began reading the Bible in the 70s, and today I read the Word three times a year. And the more I read it, the more... I'm changed into the image of the Lord, the more my life is transformed into the life of a Christian. And it's progressive. Nothing happens overnight. I would not know what my life would be like without the Word of God. Probably destroyed and maybe dead. It's my life. God's Word has become my life, my joy, my peace, my fulfillment. I find more peace reading the Bible than anything else I can look at or talk about or listen to or read. And the Bible has such amazing power that you are drawn back into the Word repeatedly. And my daily prayer has, has, has become, I just prayed it for you too, Lord, establish me in your Word and establish your Word in my life. Because that is what gives us the guarantee we are going to make it strong. We are going to finish stronger than when we started. And the more the Word of God fills you, the more the flesh kind of weakens in your life. The world has no power over you. 
when the word of God is in you. Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said that demons go looking for vacancy. But what are they looking for? The vacancy of the word of God. And, you know, and I want to explain this to you. Demons do not want to be without a body. They desire the bodies of people and animals. Remember that amazing revelation in the Gospels when the Lord came to cast out those demons out of the man in Gadara, and they said, please do not send us into the deep or the pit. We would rather go into that, that herd of swine here. And he said, go. Why? Because demons are disembodied spirits, and they're looking for bodies to dwell in. And frankly, before we were saved, every one of us was under the domain of the demonic and the world. That's just what the Bible says. So now when you, when you and I became believers, demons lost us as their bodies or places they could dwell in. But then they don't give up easily. They come back looking for vacancy. Is that old house of mine still there? And what they come, they look for is, is the word there. They're not looking for the gifts or signs and wonders. No, they're looking for the word. Do they have the Bible in them? And if we have the word in us, they, they cannot come back. But if we don't have the word in us, they go and, and get more devils. And that's why people's lives are ruined, because now there's no way out to be delivered. or They can't even find freedom. So God's word is a fire. The Bible says in Jeremiah 23, 29, it's a fire that burns, it's a fire that cleanses and purifies and purges. It's also a hammer that destroys evil. Think about that. It says in Jeremiah 23, 29, it's not your word as a fire and as a hammer. It burns everything wicked out of us. It destroys everything evil out of us. Catherine Kuhlman used to always pray, Lord, if, if there's anything enemy you hate, take it out and kill it. And God did through his word. So we have to give him his, his word as a tool to use against the enemy and the world through us. It's a lamp that guides us in darkness. Without the word, nobody would know where they're going in this dark world. Psalm 119, 105, it's, it's that amazing lamp. It's also a seed that's always producing life in us. 1 Peter 1.23 calls the Bible a seed, the seed of the word. There's always life when seed is sown. It's also a sword that separates flesh from spirit and separates us from the world. Hebrews 4.12, I'm sure you all know that. Precious verse. But make sure to write those scriptures down and share them with your friends. It's water that cleanses. Ephesians 5.26, the water of the word that cleanses us. It's bread that keeps us alive. Matthew 4.4, 4, okay? It's meat that brings us into maturity. That's in Hebrews 5, verse 14. I know some of some said he's going too fast. Well, I'll repeat it if, if, if I need to be, but if it, you can always rewind that thing and, and see it again. But... Yes, I'll repeat it for, just for the sake that you get it, you sweet people of God. It's an anchor that holds us safe through the storms of life. 
Hebrews 6, 18 through 19. Think about everything I'm saying. And finally, it is of priceless value. There is no price to it in Psalm 19, verse 7 through 10. Let me give that to you again because I would like you to write it down and to remember it. Fire that will burn and purge, Jeremiah 23, 29. It's a hammer that destroys evil, same scripture. It's a lamp that guides in darkness, Psalm 119, verse 105. It's a seed that brings life, 1 Peter 1, It's a sword separating flesh from spirit, Hebrews 4, 12. And you and I from the world too. It's water that cleanses and gives us life, Ephesians 5.26. It's bread that keeps you and I alive, Matthew 4.4. It's meat that brings us into maturity in the Lord, Hebrews 5.14. It's an anchor that holds us safe through the storms of life. And how we need that today, Hebrews 6.18-19. And then it is of priceless value. I used to sing a song years ago. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. How true! The testimonies of the Lord are right. And you read that in the Psalms, which I just read, Psalm 19. Maybe I'll sing that song to you in just a little bit. But how we need the Bible more than ever. People today are leaving the faith, they're being destroyed. They don't know what to do about mental health and on and on because the word is not in them. God's precious word is inspired or God-breathed by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read that the word of God is inspired. Now, let me explain to you what inspiration is. Inspiration is the supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit on the human mind. So when we say inspired, like the saints were inspired, those who wrote the Bible were inspired, it's the supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit on their minds by which the prophets and the apostles became qualified, became qualified to give us the divine truth that they received from heaven without any mixture. In other words, they did not put themselves in it. So God unveiled his person, unveiled his purpose, and revealed himself through his word to them. So revelation is not the same as inspiration. Because revelation is the communication of truth. So when God revealed his word to Moses or to Joshua or to Samuel or others, Isaiah, Jeremiah, when when God revealed, uh, he was communicating truth in that revelation. Inspiration is the recording of revealed truth. So revelation is communicating the truth. Inspiration is the recording of that received truth. So inspiration is the process by which revelation is recorded. And and this is really important, that inspiration enables men of God, 
as it did, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to write divine revelation without error. So inspiration enabled Moses and the prophets to be able to write divine revelation without any error. And Peter tells us that. So, you know, maybe some people have never heard that, but let's just read together 2 Peter, 2 Peter. And, and I'm sharing this, believing God Almighty is, is going to use his word today to touch someone's life to really become hungry for his precious truth. In, in 1 Peter 1.20, it says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So it's important to understand that when Moses, for example, received the Ten Commandments by revelation, he recorded them under inspiration. So what is inspiration? Inspiration is to enlighten. It's to illuminate. It's to give that individual understanding of what God had given them. So when, when, when the Lord spoke and said to Moses, write, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow to, uh, to any image, to a false god. You'll not worship another god. Don't take my name in vain and so forth. When God gave him the commandments, in that moment, he was enlightened, inspired, illuminated. He received understanding that he did not have before that. So revelation is reception. Inspiration is perception. Revelation is reception. Inspiration is perception. And so they were illuminated, they were enlightened to write the word and give that to us without mixture, without putting their own ideas into it. It was not given by the will of man, Peter wrote. All right? For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. There was no will of their own. There was no decision from them that came through, through there. So the Holy Spirit is the agent of revelation and inspiration. Now, the Bible tells us that revelation... The discovery of truth, yet inspiration is the understanding of truth. So God, think, think about just what I'm gonna say right now. Think, think about this. For 40 different men, because it was 40 men who wrote the Bible, for 40 different men to write 66 books in three languages. 
on three continents over 1,600 years. And for that, for these 66 books to have one harmonious message is impossible, humanly impossible. So when you, when you think about these 40 individuals writing 66 books over 1,600 years, three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, three continents, and to have one message in full harmony, only God can do that. It's just that no way it can happen humanly. So this should be proof enough that when you look at the Bible and you see the, the unity of thought in it, uh, with the absence of contradictions, I mean, just think about what, what, what I'm saying. 40 people, 1,600 years, three languages, three continents, and not one contradiction, one thought, one harmonious book. Tells me one thing, only God wrote that book. It's impossible for it to be any other way. Now, this is something important to add that God, in giving the Bible to these men, did not cancel their cultures. So sometimes when we read the Bible, we have to understand the culture of the day because they were writing knowing their culture. God didn't cancel that. And I think this is beautiful because it gives us their emotions. It, it gives us information about the man like Moses or like Paul, about how they felt about God, their experiences. So God Almighty, and I love this about the Bible, that he clothed Revelation with humanity. There was a man still involved, but that man did not give any of himself or his thoughts or his will into the, into the word of God. God still used men, though. We have to understand that. He still used men who were illuminated, who were inspired. Now, the fulfillment of prophecy is, is the greatest proof of inspiration. So you think about 2,500 prophecies in the Bible. No book has any prophecy. No, uh, no book outside the Bible of any religion has any prophecy in it. The Bible contains 2,500 prophecies. 2,000 of these prophecies have been fulfilled in, in absolute amazing details. And so, that God Almighty would cause that such accuracy would, would, would show us events before they even ever occurred, God gave such 
accurate information through these prophets about events. Now, I want to just finish with, with this today, and then because I'm almost out of time, I can't believe it. And this is something very powerful about the Bible. Um, prophecy must measure up to four tests to be prophecy. So when you look at, at the Bible, you, you have to look at four different things. So prophecy, number one, must be uttered before the events come to pass. So when you look at the Bible, you have to look, number one, at that there are four tests to approve that they're valid, that they're God, it's God's word. Number one, uttered before the events ever happened. Number two, must they must be explicit. They must be specific so that there could be no possibility of accidental fulfillment. And the Bible, exactly like I'm saying, gave us that prophecy, was spoken before hundreds of years, in some cases thousands of years, before fulfillment. And number two, it was specific, it was detailed, prophecy. And number three, those who wrote the prophecy had no part in fulfilling that prophecy. That's the, that, that's the third test. And those who uttered the prophecies should not have any part in fulfilling the prophecies. And finally, number four, that the events of fulfillment should correspond accurately with the details of the prophecy. That you should see Every detail has been fulfilled. And that's exactly what we see with the Bible. Think about the possibility of 2,000 prophecies having been spoken hundreds, some thousands of years before they happened. Number two, they were detailed. Number three, the individuals that prophesied them were gone. There was no chance they could even take part in fulfilling them. And number four, when they were fulfilled, they were fulfilled with accuracy. That's the Bible. And that is strong enough evidence to know God is in it. Think about this, that God in Genesis 15 gives Abraham details about Israel going into Egypt and how long they would be in Egypt and how they would come out. And he gives him details. And he could not be there to help fulfill it. And when it happened, it happened just like God said it. You read it in Exodus. Think about Deuteronomy 20. I just read that. Deuteronomy 28 will, will amaze you how detailed Moses was with Israel when he told them what would happen to them if they disobeyed God which has happened to them throughout the ages. No people suffered like the Jews. No people were killed like the Jewish people and persecuted. Every detail of Deuteronomy 28 has been fulfilled in our lifetime, a lot of it, in our history. You can go to the 
local library and read about it, and you can look at Deuteronomy 20 and say, it's exactly like the Bible says. What are the chances? None. The rise and fall of the Assyrian Empire in Isaiah 10 took place exactly as God told Isaiah it would happen, hundreds of years before. The, the fall of Babylon, given to Isaiah a hundred years before it took place. Think about that. God would give Isaiah, in Isaiah 28, through the following chapters, and Jeremiah 50 and 51, and Daniel 1 through 5. Here you got three men giving the detailed prophecies of the fall of Babylon. Isaiah did not know Jeremiah and did not know Daniel and the other way around. Yet everything that they wrote happened as they wrote it about Babylon. And then Daniel, the prophet Daniel, talking about the, the, the Babylonian Empire, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, fulfilled in details. In Daniel 2, in Daniel 7, in Daniel 8 and 11, he talks about the rise and fall of all the empires that shook the world in those days. From the Babylonians to the Medes and Persians to the Greeks to the Romans. Describing them in detail. Even their collapse in detail. What are the chances? To talk about Alexander the Great to describe that he would die at an early age. It happened in history. The, the very details that took place in history are in Daniel. What other Bible, uh, sorry, what other book can claim that? Only the Bible can. Only the Bible. Think about now the Lord's life, his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection, foretold by 30 people in the Bible. 30, three, zero. 30 individuals gave us 332 prophecies about the Lord's coming, which have been fulfilled already in his first coming to earth in details. What are the chances that 30 individuals can give us 332 prophecies about the Lord, his life, ministry, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and they, listen to this, those 30 individuals wrote, most of them wrote their information 4,000 years before his birth. 4,000 years before the Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem, these 30 individuals, most of them, wrote and gave us the details of his life, ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. What are the chances? So anyone who's not reading the Bible is missing a lot. In fact, very much in danger, frankly, of being destroyed by the enemy. So from Egypt to Rome to Babylon, Kings and statesmen and prophets and peasants and fishermen and herdsmen and priests and tradesmen and prisoners gave us the word of God. 
think about this. From ancient Egypt, through Babylon, right to Rome, right to the present day, Israel, the very fact that is an Israel. I think I just gave you enough to convince you to read the Bible. Can you play that beautiful song, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul? I pray you'll do it. And please share the, this with friends. Just take what I said and just send it to somebody. To show them the, the, the reliable word of God. Indestructible word of God. How many have tried to destroy the Bible over the centuries? Many. More to be desired are they than gold. Yet in much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul will convert your life. The testimonies of the Lord are true. Making wise the simple. More to be desired are they than gold. Yet I, yet in much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey. And the honeycomb. Father, put that hunger in them. Lord God, give each one of us a fire that will never go, go, go out, that will never die for your word. Give us a hunger, your word declares, that the word of Christ dwell within you richly, richly. Lord, I pray your word will dwell with each within each one of us richly. And Lord, I pray again in your holy name. Would you pray this prayer after me? Just say, dear Father, just say, dear Father, in Jesus' name, establish me in your word and establish your word in me. Just lift, lift your hands and say that. Father, in Jesus' name, establish your word in my life. Establish my life in your word. For your glory and honor. Lord, I pray you'll do that for everyone here listening, watching from around the world, in Jesus' name. And I pray the Lord will bless you, sweet people who are giving to the ministry. And many of you have been giving regularly, and I thank you. And I'm going to ask others to begin giving regularly. Please don't leave me right now, because this is important. Look, look, what, what I just shared today is so needed. It's so needed. Would you help me? Keep doing this. Keep talking about the word and teaching the word. Now I want to translate it into different languages, my dailies. So as God speaks to you, go ahead and sow that seed today. And Lord, I pray not only you'll speak to them, but you'll bless them for it. Just increase them on every side financially and protect them tomorrow. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Okay, so go ahead and do that. And so you'll see today on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, which is the simplest, benahin.org, or simply text BHM45777. Okay, much love, and thank you for giving. 
Shalom.